What's up, everybody? This is Clark Schmidt here, pitcher for the New York Yankees, and you are listening to the boys of 161st Street, the greatest Yankee podcast in the world. Thank you guys for tuning in. All right, welcome back to the boys of 161st Street. This is episode 98. We're getting close to that episode 100, and this is about Kyle, the home run stroker, Higashioka. I hate myself for saying that, but number 66 is what we're talking about here. Let's get after it. Well, have you ever thought about being a broadcaster? Am I good at it or are you just being an asshole right now? Honestly, I would have expected it to be a lot worse. Really? That was good? It it was good. The home it was run better than stroker. I would have expected. Damon shook his that. head in, in disgust. I did not shake my listen, head whatsoever. Listen, he it, it was seen something. Damon it just has resting bitch face. I don't. I thought it was good. Guy. I thought it was good. I didn't say anything. I let I him get like on my say. Peloton for the first time today, and he just he, he seemed mad at me for waiting that long to let him get on the Peloton. I like, got a taste of luxury guy, once. You know, he did a really good job of playing off like he knew his number. Like we weren't just asking, or you weren't just asking <laughs> us. Like. Yeah, no, truth be told, to those listening, that. before we hit record, I did ask what number Higashioka was. And, I mean, for those of listening, I guarantee 16% of you know that number. Didn't we? Uh, we were talking 16%, to Andrew the other day. Exactly. He didn't even – he said that – you know when you're a kid, you kind of just remember everybody's yeah. number? Like that's something you like pay attention to. And when we had – I forget whose episode it was. It was DJ. And Jaron. It, it was, was either – yeah, it was DJ or Shella or somebody – and he couldn't remember what number they were. And he was just saying, like, when they, when it was he, was a kid, he could remember everybody's number. And I had to think, yeah, it was Urshela because I couldn't remember. Everybody knows DJ's wanted... number. Yeah. But, like, you, you kind of forget. Yeah, I mean, 66. I mean, that's just a, you, I, I was saying before the air that that number doesn't really fit him well. But you guys just slapped back at me that you think it fits him perfectly. So, what makes that fit him perfectly is my question to you guys. Because he's a backup player. Like you can't you can't have number like Oh no. Is he a backup player? Starting off high. Starting off high. Not yet, not yet, not yet. Tame tame it, everybody. I, but that's the reason I'm a why. Big that's fan. what I'm saying. That's like a linebacker's number. I'm a big fan of everybody who wears consecutive digits. Really? Like 11, 22, 33, whatever. I like 22. I like 11. Except for 55. I don't know why. I don't like 55. But like Clint's 77, Judge is 99, Higgy 66. I like that. What number did you wear? I see Murph like sitting up at night thinking, wait, wait. Like, man, fuck whoever's number 55. Yeah. 66. Before before we guess this, I want everybody here to try and guess what number Murph was. Because he's clearly a consecutive, right? He's clearly not I, 55. I Don't not, say anything. Don't I have see it. now he's not a consecutive. No, sorry. So now we all make our guess. I was what, not I was gonna say I wasn't always a consecutive. I did wear a consecutive. What, what was his primary number then? So uh, what's your first guess? For, like three, two, one, go. Thirty-three. Thirty-three. Okay. Chandler, three, two, one, go. Ninety-nine. Ugh. Three, two, one, go. I think he was twenty-nine. That's not 29's a consecutive. Not consecutive number. Yeah, but Jack, you said it was half and half. I don't know. 
No, no, no. When I, I, I did fart. wear one consecutive number in my life, and it was 88, which I think is Fuck, the coolest number in all of sports. I think 88 is such a cool number. You're not a wide receiver, dude. Two of my favorite athletes ever wore 88, Marvin Harrison and Eric Lindros. But if, if there was a number 88, I'm sure you were never Chinese a receiver. Automatically my favorite player. Hey, no, Murph, so you're a I wasn't a wide receiver. Do, do hockey players have numbers? I don't think yeah, I've ever watched yes. a whole hockey. Well, well Mario Lemieux wears. Out of hand. What do you mean? Mario Lemieux wore 66, which is part of the reason I like why Higgy wears it. Can but I mute people? I was number five, no. in case you were wondering. <laughs> we should, I wore number five across all of my sports. These guys got to shut up because we got to talk about baseball. Oh, you guys are done. Oh, let's talk about that was no. That was. I just want to let that. <laughs> well, let you that asked what number said. I was. That was a little ridiculous. That he's asked if hockey players have numbers. That was Dude, ridiculous. I don't know. Yeah, I literally in my entire life, I've never watched. God a full damn! Hockey. You've never I, seen a hockey highlight. You don't. What number did Wayne Gretzky wear? Seventeen. You are kidding. Me. All right, all right, all right. Dude, I, 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 Dude, I grew up in fucking Florida. Kyle the home run Shoka. What are our thoughts about him? I, obviously, I, just to prelude this episode. I don't want to make this too much about Gary because this episode is coming out right after Gary's episode because we already talked about Gary a lot. And we know a lot about what we don't like about Gary. There are things to like about Gary, contrary to popular belief. But I don't want to make this about Gary. We talked a lot about it. There are going to be some things that we do talk about that are Gary-related because, I mean, naturally, his job is dependent on Gary. So... It is important to talk about Gary at least a little bit, but that conversation kind of did happen a little bit more on the Gary episode. So this is more, what are we most excited about Kyle Gashioka? What does he bring to the table, Murph? So I think he brings a lot. So I was going to ask this as a question, but I'm actually going to mention it as a statement. I think he's the perfect replacement for Romine. And I feel like he, we needed somebody to fill that role, and I feel like he fills it at least adequately. At least adequately a, is decent. <laughs> I almost threw up my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he fills that role really well, and I, I feel agree like that's with you. the role we need him for. I agree with you. I have one concern actually for the upcoming season and um, Boone's latest press conference about Higgy and Gary. He was talking about how they're trying to get away from the personal catcher as far as, you know, Higgy and Cole. And that that kind of scares me because the splits are huge. And this isn't to take a shot at Gary. He's taken enough beating, even though I don't think there's ever going to be enough beating for him until he fucking figures it out. But I that that concerns me. I mean, Cole is clearly more comfortable with Higgy, and I just don't know why you would mess up a good thing. Let's talk let's dive into that a little bit because I was I was honestly very shocked that Boone even said that we we've expressed our disdain for Boone's comments and how much we don't really trust them until they really happen to materialize. But I mean, what, what numbers? So, so Boone is a numbers guy, right? And he looks at the numbers when, whether it's lefty righty, whether it's whatever matchup, I mean, it's mainly lefty righty stuff. But when you look at like, what what makes you think that it should not be a personal catcher situation? I've never been a fan of the personal catcher until it, it kind of was like tossed in our face last year. And if it meant bringing Gary out a bit, I shouldn't even mention his name because I made a rule to myself that I shouldn't say his name until he bats over his body weight. But I, I don't know why you do a personal catcher to begin with and then just like say, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. Like, wh- okay, so why did you do it to begin with then? So like why why put that in our brain why, I mean, I'm not to defend Gary here, but like, why do that to Gary? 
if you're just going to take it away next year? Like, why not only do that to his personal, like, well-being? Like, okay, I just got benched because I clearly can't handle it with Cole. But, like, why do that to the fan base? Because the fan base reacts to that. I We react to that. What the fuck's going on now? Like, we we took that personal catcher thing. We ran with it. It was like, okay, now Gary stinks. Like, not that that was the only reason, but, like, that that's a big decision to make a personal catcher for somebody. Like, you don't see Yadier Molina getting personal catch for because he's just, he's the catcher. Like, most of the time, you're the catcher. And to do that and now retract it, that seems a little bit uh, just mean. <laughs> like, it just I, doesn't seem nice. I oh. don't think it's up to Aaron Boone. I'll say it. I mean, th- he's a I'm manager. You. You're but- acting like that's a, that's a new thought. We know he's a puppet. Right, but I no, I'm saying like so. This is no, maybe not directed to that. It's directed to anybody, whoever made the decision. Right, but I'm well, just on to your point about the shut your uh, mouth, Damon. Continue. Okay, <laughs> I was just gonna, I was just gonna say, like this is up to Garrett Cole, in my opinion. If Garrett Cole thinks he's gonna pitch better with Higgy behind the dish, then Higgy should be catching. That's the end of story. Like there, there should be no if ands or buts. This is your ace. This is the guy who we literally plan to pitch every five days and hopefully every four. And we, we own the pitch as much as possible. And he is our ace. And if he wants to pitch to a certain person, he should do that. So do you and think Cole said fuck it? What? Do you think Cole said fuck it? I think Cole should, Cole should say I want. No, do you think Cole said don't worry about it? Don't do a personal catcher anymore? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I do. You know? You talk to him? <laughs> no, 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 no. What did Garrett I, I said say, I dude? No, I said I do as and I do think that. But I think that the personal catcher thing was a short-term solution, but he doesn't want that to be the new normal. So Stack Guy Murph here again. Um Stop last year in like eight that. games with Gary. Yeah, sorry. Um in Bad eight radio. games working with Gary, his goal ZRA was just below four. And then he allowed nine earned runs in his last ten innings. Uh, in two starts while Gary was behind the plate. So they switched to Higgy in the postseason where his ERA shrank to one. So, I mean, the numbers that, are, the numbers are ridiculous. Like, yeah, sure. Short term. Obviously it made sense at the time, but I think going forward, they don't want that to be a thing. Do you think, do, how much, how much trust do you put in, like how much weight I should say, do you put in those numbers? Do you think those numbers are, are be all end all, or do you think that that's just a short sample size Murphy classic line? I yeah, I think it is the short sample size. But like at the time, if Cole struggled with Gary behind the dish for the last two, it made sense at the time to switch it up. But going forward, you don't want him to have a personal catcher. He's Cole's had a history of having a personal catcher. That's why we signed Chirinos. That's what she said. That, that was unnecessary. You said a history of having yeah. a personal catcher. It seemed a little bit. That was forced. A little forced, but uh, kind of, yeah, he forced it. Okay. After forced that it. move right there, you can never tell me to shut the fuck up. No, we can tell you to shut the fuck up whenever we want. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> we love you, Bing. No, uh, but I, I think it just, like, I don't think we would have signed Chirinos if the personal catcher wasn't a backfall or, like, a, you know, an afterthought. Maybe we need to do it eventually, like a, a safety net. So we just mention it here quick before we move on. I hate the Chirino signing. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. I, I mean, I, I nor do I think it, it carries much weight, and he's not going to have much of a role in this team. But didn't you guys see the shit where he like, said he the last like he was one of those comments as like the last team I'd like to be on was the Yankees or something? I don't know. We'll move on. Uh, fuck him, cheater. He cheated. 
Chandler, what were you going to say before you we were rudely interrupted? I rudely uh, interrupted I'm going to be totally honest. I don't remember. That was appropriately interrupted. I appropriately interrupted. You interrupted him, so I interrupted you for interrupting him. I didn't even know I interrupted him. I thought he was done. Oh, you do. Pay attention. Yeah, that was right. I was just sitting here waiting. For Am I the only one around here who gives a shit about the rules? Mark and zero. That was a was bad. that accurately? Right. That, was that, that was a good one. That yeah, was a okay. good one. Well, thank you. I'll say something. <laughs> I'll say something. <laughs> I'll say it. Say I'll something, say it. Damon. I'll say it. Talk to me about Higgy. I, Is it about Higgy? Yeah. Okay, cool. This I is the Higgy think, episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pull a uh, a small sample size oh, no. quote out of Murph and say, I think he's a little overhyped. What? Who overhypes Higgy? I think I think a lot of us do. A lot of Yankee land hypes up Higgy a lot. Okay. I, I'm not going to say I hype him up too much, but like I think pretty highly of the guy. I'm not going to lie. Maybe more than I should. I like him a lot, but I was looking at just like, I'm not going to go into stats, but just like the amount stats. of times, like just like opportunities to actually play. Like this guy... He's only the most games he's ever played in a season is 29. And he hasn't played in his whole career, he hasn't played half a season. Like in his whole career, I think he's only played 70 games. If I may, without being assaulted by the two in New York, you may. Um, you may. I don't think it's a matter of being overhyped. I think it was just so much of people being so tired of Gary, especially last season that it's just it was like a breath of fresh air it's like it, last season especially when the game's on the line and god forbid that gary or higgy's up with a runner on like i'm terrified when gary gets up like i assume double play because he's a clutch double play hitter or strikeout when you know that's applicable when Higgy's up, I at least expect him to put it in play. And, I mean, that's just setting the bar really low. And, like I said, I think it was just a breath of fresh air from how fucking bad Gary was. 100%. Absolutely. 100% I agree. I, I was actually going to make the exact same point. And just to kind of go off it, I think not only at the plate. Like, he's Higgy's a defensive catcher. Nobody expects him. He's not, he, he's not a guy that hits the ball. That's why he's not a starting catcher in the MLB. He has the defense. So, when he comes in there and – Every once in a while, like when he had like the three home run game, it's like, oh, okay, great. Where'd this come from? Whatever. But not only at the plate, it's behind the plate mostly where we finally have a defensive catcher that's reliable. I mean, listen, let's, when you talk about, when you compare the two, this is the most I'll get into it about the two. Well, I mean, it does matter. The, the two, the comparison of the two has to happen on both episodes. So Kyle Yashioka, I'm not going to get too deeply into the numbers, but when I did look at the numbers before, and you say it's, I'm, I'm 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 happy you brought that up, Murph. Is that Kyle Gashioka is the defensive catcher, so to speak, right? And when I looked at the numbers, he isn't necessarily a defensive catcher in all respects. What are you doing? I'm knocking some shit over. Tim is knocking my cats off their ass. Um, so it, when you compare the two in caught stealing numbers, Gary beats him in that, those numbers, and I think we can all agree with that with the eye test is that Gary has a better arm and those are the highlight catcher Gary plays that we remember is like that one that everybody remembers that he threw out Eduardo Nunez or uh whoever it may may have been on second base and the snap throw to second like Gary definitely has an arm and that's not to be dis- like, to, like that ha- he has it that's that's a thing but uh, obviously the number that everybody's going to bring up is the pass balls and definitely Higgy beats him in that area 
by a mile. I'm not, I mean, I'm not even going to bring numbers into this because I looked at them. Just trust me on this. <laughs> is that the caught stealing numbers are down for Higgy in comparison to Gary. And the pass ball numbers are down for Higgy in comparison to Gary, which is a good thing. And then when you look at pitch framing, that's another thing that Higgy has the, the edge into. So as a complete catcher, you get Higgy, who is lower in pass balls and better at pitch framing, but can't, doesn't have as good of an arm. But then you got Gary, who will give up a ton of pass balls, will be not as good as pitch framing, and he's trying to figure out that whole, like, like aiming, like starting low because for bigger catchers do this, they start low and they and they come up to frame the pitch because they're not as good as pitch framing. But he'll throw somebody out. So it's like, what would you rather have? And then you got Gary's upside with the potential hitting that we haven't seen in a while. So that's just the comparison between the two. I think Higgy is the more overall better defensive catcher for sure. But he just doesn't have as electric of an arm as as Gary does. I will say in the playoffs in particular last year, Higgy probably saved three or four runs in the ALDS by his just by blocking. And that's call it what you want. Some people want to call Gary lazy, whatever. This isn't an episode to shit on him. Again, I could do it for an hour, but it's not to shit on Gary. It, uh, call him lazy, call it because of his catching style, whatever. He doesn't get down and block those pitches in the dirt like Higgy does. And it it shows. Like, I mean, the bases loaded blocks and fucking Higgy's sliding all over the place. Save he saved runs in that ALDS. That game that series would have been over in three games if it wasn't for him. And all the tight games, he was out there busting his ass, saving runs. And those turned out to be huge because those turned into strikeouts. You can burn a pitch in the dirt with Higgy behind the plate because you know he'll block it. You can't necessarily do that with Gary all the time because you never know what you're gonna get out of him. It changes your pitching style, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. You can trust those breaking balls in the dirt more with Higgy, and that, that opens up a whole new world. So the guys, the the guy, the reason why I don't like the Gary situation a lot more than others may is I really put a lot of weight into the like, – I mean, when, when you look at guys like Britton, I know he's one pitcher, but like I, I cannot handle an inning where Gary's catching Britton. I just can't because – and I just compared the three categories. He caught stealing pass balls and pitch framing. Three of the main things you think about when a catcher is catching and what you can, you know, compare them to other people about. Pass balls, I think, has more of a weight to anything to me. Not, and it doesn't actually have that much of a weight, but it has a serious weight if you're exceptionally bad at it. So if you're exceptionally bad at it and you're literally costing runs, and there are so many statistics that you can measure that you don't see with the naked eye that costs you runs. But there's some there's one that you can visibly see that costs you runs. Like you know what I mean? Like war. Like if you have a negative war, you can't really see that with the naked eye. But if you have a passed ball that literally lets in a run, you see that. That resonates with you. And that happens with Gary all the time. And that's why I hold such a that's why I have such a disdain for Gary, because I just don't like seeing that when it's so avoidable, when you have a catcher who can just catch or stay in front of a ball. And that is why I, I prefer having, at the very least, a guy like Higgy. And I'm not putting too much weight in Higgy and saying that he's going to be, bold prediction, the starter of this year by the end of the year. But I do think that Higgy is, and, and I've been calling for this since last year, Gary certainly has upside as to what he's shown on offense. And that's not to be... I mean, that's what all the Gary supporters will talk about, and that he definitely has that. We've seen it. We haven't seen anything like that with Higgy, and that's uh, that's that's that. But when you look at the 
catching ability and the rest of the catchers in the league there are an like an average catcher can not, maybe not hit as well but he can he can catch his position and that's all you really need when you have a team like the Yankees who can hit 1 through 8 like nobody else's business like that you don't necessarily need another thumper in the 9 hole when you have 1 through 8 who can all hit with the best of them in the league like that that's why I am calling for Higgy because in terms of wins I think we will get more wins because we won't have losses taken we won't, we won't have wins taken away from us because of pass balls and poor defense that's all that's the reason Call, why I talk about that calling for him to to what to start I'm not calling for him to start yeah but I'm calling for him I I the reason why I think that he is valuable to this team is because he doesn't give up runs yeah the more and more we talk about this the more and more I agree with Murph's first point about him being a almost a spitting image of what Romine used to be. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> no, I, that, that was, I was looking through like, you know, looking into him essentially before we started. You can admit this. you were looking he at just, stats. There's no shame in being the stat guy. Well, no, I, I didn't look at Romine stats, so I didn't like compare stats. I looked at his stats, but I didn't like compare him. I was just thinking, you know, he's a cheaper, easier version than Romine. Romine, exceeded the expectations got his contract whatever but he we you have to understand that with gary sanchez you need a reliable backup catcher especially defensively and he filled the void that we would have otherwise had left when romine went to detroit yeah yeah but i think like again like i think he can be a really good and he already is he already is a really good backup catcher right like he's proven that i I personally don't know if he is on a level yet or can be a real like or has a potential to be a starter on this team at any real point. Like I don't, I don't think I don't think that's true. I don't you know, I think we've talked a lot about just like Gary sucks, give Higgy the starting job. I think people have expressed that and I, I don't fully agree with that whatsoever. I still think that like as much as we shit on Gary Sanchez, and I hate that we keep talking about him, but he is a starting catcher, and um, but I do think that Higgy has a, a big, big role on this team as a backup catcher, and you know, hopefully, if Garrett Cole continues to want him to be a you know personal catcher, or if he wants to come in in defensive situations, like that's huge. Like, never discount coming in as a defensive catcher in a big situation, like that. That's oh, a, yeah. that's huge. And I think that may be his role going forward. Like, yeah, in a, in a playoff game where we're up like three runs, I'd bring in Higgy. Yeah, especially if you don't like, need an extra run production, bring in Higgy. Yeah, especially if Burton's pitching, if Chapman's pitching. That's like, exactly it. Yeah. I cannot I can't handle and I don't I hope I know you guys can't handle an inning where Gary's pit, Gary's catching and Britton's on the mound or Chapman's on the mound. Guys who can cross you up easy, I don't want Gary catching. And I think that's avoidable. And with the run with the run production sorry. that we have on the team, it's it's very avoidable if when you and I think that's what I think we'll have a defensive replacement as Higgy coming in. And that's that. But that, that's more on Boone than anything else, though. Like he, needs, he needs to make those decisions. And Higgy should be at his disposal to use. And I hope that he he finds those situations to use him correctly. And that's my biggest worry is he's going to misuse him in a way. What are you saying, Chandler? Uh, I was going to say, I legitimately, I cannot remember the last time I watched Gary Sanchez get down and block a baseball. Like, and this was kind of piggybacking off of the Britain thing because he throws a lot of the sinkers in the dirt. 
I can't remember the last time I watched Gary Sanchez not try and fucking backhand pick it rather than, you know, get down and block it up with his body. And that's what, I mean, that's what Higgy does well. So, you know, like I said, it was just kind of a small thing to throw in there, but that's. I feel like he's going to fill his job and do his job until the point that we don't really need him. And at that point, maybe he goes elsewhere or whatever, but if he can just bridge the gap between Austin Wells and Gary Sanchez, that'd be great. I don't know if Wells is going to continue catching in the minor leagues because his bats better than his defense, but like he's a promising young catcher. We have Higgy under team control until 2025. So by that point, like it's not like he's gonna leave like Romine. He's there. He's reliable. He does his job. He is a Yankee. He's been Yankees for 13, 14 I years. To, I was literally about to say. Do you know that what? he was the longest tenured Yankee for like a couple months while Gardner wasn't on the team? He's this is his eleventh spring training. Oh yeah, he got drafted in two thousand eight. This is yeah, this is his eleventh spring training with the Yankees. He was yeah. the longest tenured Yankee. I wrote that down on here because we were doing this episode before Gardner got re-signed. And Wait. he he was briefly the young, longest tenured Yankee until Gardner got resigned. Like and I think system. it's and I think it's yeah. close between him and Gardner too, which is crazy to see in the system. Yeah, yes, cause, yeah, because I was yeah he didn't debut until a couple of years ago. No, no, no. Yeah. but this is his eleventh spring training on the Yankees. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that it's where he's at. Yeah. Hopefully, by the yeah, I he's don't ever see a situation where he's going to be. Sorry, yeah, no, he's going to be there the entire time, like you were saying, until 2025, and that's going to be, I mean, the Yankees took three catchers in the first couple rounds of the last few drafts. I mean, Wells, Siegler, and uh, Josh Bro. So there's definitely people waiting in the pipeline, and kind of like Murph was saying, I think he's the perfect bridge, you know. He's he's going to be there, and I think he's going to retire as a Yankee. By that time, he's going to be 35, 36. He's going to be a 15-year backup catcher. That's That's about his time, and... We'll usher in the new guys and see what happens. He's Hopefully, the, we can get him a ring, though. He's the Colin Moran. He deserves of, uh, it. Not Colin Moran. What's the guy from Blue Mountain State? Alex Moran. Alex Moran. He's the Alex Moran of yeah, the Yankees. Yeah, loves being the backup. Colin Moran was. He's on the fucking. Colin Moran is a Pirates. Yeah, he's, he's from Iona. Yeah. yeah, that's why I got mixed up. All right, that's it. All the guys at 161st Street, I just have two words for you. See ya. Try to fool yourself till you believe it That you're better off not men not feeling But there's a sky if you jump through the ceiling Oh, we don't need to say we're sorry We don't need to worship heaven's heart We don't need to say we're sorry Me out of this life institution, no. Oh.
trying my best, but I'm just a human. Oh, we don't need to say we're sorry. We don't need to say we're sorry. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com